When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, everyone, and welcome into Wake and Take. It's your boy, Jason, and we've got some football to talk about today. Today, I'm going to be joined by a very special guest, Tyler Knabley. Tyler, football, the man himself, at PPR Tyler on Twitter, as we break down some of the most recent news, such as Kirk Cousins coming back to the Vikings, Justin Fields going to the Falcons, and some actual, actual news that we've learned from the Combine instead of some huge speculation. Either way, we've got a great show sheet lined up for you guys today, so go ahead, take out your coffee, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show and we're here tyler how you doing doing great baby doing great uh it was an honor to have you on my show last night good good this is my first wake and take appearance surprisingly enough so um this is only i this is only that i don't work in the morning so Perfect. we get to get to work here and talk about some some nfl news that I mean, we we I felt like there's a two week stretch there where we we're kind of deprived of some news because yes, in between yeah. the Super Bowl and the Combine, maybe you have the Senior Bowl in there too, but there's just not a lot of news going on because there's nothing, there's no there's no moves being made. But now there's potential of moves being made, which I'm sure we'll get into. For sure, for sure. And I mean, the Combine right now, of course, is what's going on. That's when these moves really happen. All the teams are there. They're all shaking hands, getting some some trade ideas working, get some ideas working about their players. So we definitely have some stuff that is developing this week. will probably fully become developed over the next couple of weeks. But either way, lots of fun to talk about. And Tyler, you've already got some fans in the chat. Anthony says TK Day. So that's awesome. Good morning to you, Anthony. Glad to see you here in the chat yet again. Let's get rocking and rolling, man. We'll start with the first thing. Everyone's like, what do you mean Kirk Cousins is returning to the Vikings? How do you know that? There's no news out there. Well, Kirk Cousins posted the Instagram yesterday, a picture of him getting a brand new grill. Uh, and basically at the end says, I know Jay Jettas approves tagging Justin Jefferson. And then Justin Jefferson replies saying, next, we got to get you a diamond one. Uh, so when you see this, what are kind of your first thoughts, Tyler? My first thoughts is that if you remove the the dentist guy from the picture and the and the caption, you just think his teeth are rotting. Don't they just look <laughs> like they like it doesn't I don't like George the Washington. grill whatsoever. It looks like yeah, it looks like it's he's doing his best George Washington impersonation. Like the, the, it looks like disgust. I don't like that color. I don't like like I get that it's gold, I get that it's a grill, but even Jetta said it, now we gotta get you diamond ones. Like I don't think Jetta's is rocking a a gold grill either maybe he is but it's more, more like this is like this is like matte gold not like shiny gold at least make it shiny that's isn't that the whole point of a grill for it to shine it looks like he has rotten teeth yeah well we did do some research here and we found out that this person that he got the grill from was doing a sale so all of his grills were 30 to 50 percent off uh this week so it sounds like Kirk cousins just wanted to go get a grill done on the discount 
But I just think when I see him tagging Justin Jefferson, still playing around with him, I really do. And I've been saying it for weeks now. I really do believe Kirk Cousins returns to Minnesota. Uh, it, it just makes too much sense, especially as we see these developments of other quarterbacks, Russell Wilson to Steelers becoming more evident, Justin Fields to Falcons becoming more evident, and Kirk Cousins coming off an Achilles. It's going to be hard for him to command any money on the open market. I really do think he ultimately returns to the Vikings. Are you kind of in that same thought? Oh, 100%, especially uh, we talked about in the open. If Justin Fields goes to the Falcons, which the sports books are certainly certainly having their, their money on that he's going to go there, where else is Kirk Cousins going to go? It doesn't feel like he's a Steelers kind of guy. doesn't want to go. I don't think he's going to go to Pittsburgh. New England, definitely not. Uh, what are the other open spots? Like, it's just it's, Raiders. It's, Raider, he's not going, definitely not going to the Raiders. Like, just the more <laughs> spots like that just fill up, the, the better for the Vikings because they want to get a discount. They don't want to pay this guy a ton of money. And the only team that really feels like they were going to, that was going to throw money at Kirk Cousins is Atlanta. Now, Atlanta can still do that. Nothing is official with the Justin Fields thing, but it mm -hmm. certainly feels like the wind's blowing that way. I will say, though, like these draft, these uh, sports books, I remember betting on the NFL draft last year, and Will Levis was like minus. 700 to go in the top five and he didn't yeah. even go in the first round so i think yeah. it's a little overstated the whole sports book thing just from that instance alone like you like mm -hmm. you gotta think the sports books know something but it turns out they knew nothing at all so uh i think it's still very much up in the air with justin fields to atlanta for sure well let's then let's go ahead and move into it because i mean this is something i've been manifesting on this show i literally i looked it up on our twitter account yesterday and on september 23rd last year we have a tweet from wake and take justin fields will be an atlanta falcon in 2020 that's how long i've been on this train and i'm gonna play a video for the audience in case everyone hasn't seen it yet but it's been circling around the twitter sphere it's a video posted by justin fields manager uh, and it's basically him kind of freaking out and you can hear something pretty special said behind the camera. So let me go ahead and share my screen. Here we go. Let's play it. So there you go. Right at the end of the video, you hear someone off camera say, you ready to go home? And as we've talked about a lot here on Wake and Take, Justin Fields is from Atlanta. Well, he's from Kennesaw, which is a little outside of Atlanta. Uh, but if you know anything about Atlanta geography and the metropolitan area, it's that it's a huge, sprawling city. And anyone within 40 miles of Atlanta says they're from Atlanta, even if they're not. So either way, really good homecoming from him. And we have another quote from Raheem Morris yesterday uh, at at the combine that said if the or that the Falcons' main goal in bringing in a quarterback is someone that fits Atlanta. And I can't imagine any player fitting Atlanta more than Justin Fields, a guy who's literally from right around the corner. Uh, let's hear your thoughts on this, though. I so if you guys don't know anything about me, I'm the biggest Falcons fan ever. I might be the most tapped into the situation. I hear it all. I see it all. I I just. I'm really tapped into who the quarterback is going to be for yeah. the, the Falcons next year in 2024. And Justin Fields, like it, it feels like he is like the fit because they said uh, Raheem Morris at the combine has said three separate times. It wasn't just one interview. It wasn't two. It was three separate times that he wants a quarterback that fits the city. Now, which quarterbacks fit the city? I like if we're just looking at like excluding the draft, we're looking at the free agent market, Russell Wilson, 
hundred percent no, does not fit the city. Uh, Kirk Cousins could. Kirk Cousins, I think, could sneakily like. Yeah, I think, I think Atlanta. I'm not from Atlanta, but I've been there a bunch of times. I think Atlanta would embrace Kirk oh, Cousins, 100%. and then obviously the guy that's from Tennessee, as you mentioned, Justin Fields. Like he feels like a perfect fit. It's it's just it's it's so funny how much he feels like kind of this Vic 2.0 where like the rushing is unbelievable. He's probably the best rushing quarterback in the league. I think you could maybe make a debate for Lamar and Josh, but I mean, I think just as a pure breakaway ability, it's like Justin Fields feels yeah. like Vic. Like that's just what he feels like. And the passing's a little meh, but then and like you see these stats. Like I was thinking, I was I saw some stats yesterday where like Justin Fields' 2023 season and Mariota's 2022 season, just the passing stats combined, they were eerily similar, which is very scary. But then you look at like the Justin Fields comparison to Lamar's stats this year, a little bit worse, like touchdown to interception ratio, but like almost everything else was like the same or better, which is kind of crazy. So you can play the, the side-by-side stat comparison game all you want. But my just overall thoughts, if he goes to Atlanta for fantasy, I think I think it's good. Like it's got to be better than Ritter. I think the the play calling matters a ton. I think Zach Robinson, but he's good. I mean, he's going to bring over that McVay type of offense, that type mm-hmm. of system. So I don't know, man. It just feels like it's good for Fields. It's I mean, people are saying how it would be how it would be bad for like Drake London, who's probably their best pass catching option there. But like, look what DJ Moore did last year. He was like what a top five, top ten scoring wide receiver in fantasy. Like huge steal in the draft like it's not like he's he can't support these these fancy like like mm-hmm. options Cole Komet was pretty good at tight end too so um I think with the in, improvement in the play calling and just the 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 better weapons he would have in Atlanta I think it's a it's it's a rising tide ra- raises all ships kind of situation there if you were to go there definitely yeah I I, I... I can't imagine really a better quarterback to go to Atlanta that's available on this market. And I, I I would just be, I would be ecstatic. I've been stacking up on Justin Fields, rookie cards, just hoping for the day. Uh, and, and just one last thing on this. Uh, I know you mentioned that the sports books don't necessarily know anything. That's true, but DraftKings has removed their next team odds for Justin Fields. Like you can't even bet on it anymore. And then the only places you can find any information on Justin Fields, next team, Falcons are the favorite by minus 250 and no one is even above plus 250 and that's the Bears and we all know at this point he's not returning to the Bears we we know it uh it, it's not happening <laughs> yeah and the thing about that the minus 250 thing the the category is where is Justin Fields going to take his next snap it's not even like the next team like next if he switches teams it's mm-hmm. next snap and he's already over he's favored over the Bears which is yeah. kind of crazy too so yeah so it, I think it's all it's all but you know basically locked in at this point. I'm sure that the Falcons maybe still want to go through their draft process and maybe do some due diligence on JJ McCarthy. So Anthony asks, "What are your thoughts on JJ McCarthy?" I guess we've already talked about Justin Fields. We both love it. Uh, do you think JJ McCarthy would be a good option if it's not Fields? Uh, I, I'm split on McCarthy, man. There's so many people that that like him and like the. It feels like he's a toolsy guy. He like he has. People like what they see. He's not afraid to like take a check down. That's what da- Daniel Jeremiah was talking about him. How this guy he doesn't get bored with completions. Unlike some other quarterbacks, I think Fields could be a guy who could potentially get bored with completions. You know, but yeah. um, I think JJ McCarthy. Like it's just it's funny because you could just look back on this draft and be like, oh, we just got a huge discount on him because mm-hmm. of the the offense he was in. If JJ McCarthy went to LSU last year, how like what do we think his stats look like in comparison to Jaden Daniels? Are they like 
better, the same, worse? Like, I think it's a it's a conversation that needs to be had because everyone's discounting him on the offense that he was in. And I think that um, – also, again, to quote Daniel Jeremiah, he did like a cut-up of third and seven on him when everyone yeah. knows you're passing, kind of like expedite some of that – uh like just that quarterback passing film. And I don't know. He seems to, to like what he sees. He, he mocked him to the Falcons at eight in his last mock draft. So yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'd be in on J.J. McCarthy. I don't, I'm not this bullish, like, go get J.J. guy. But I, I think if the NFL is this open on him, they know what they're talking about. So I think it's it'd be foolish of us just to write him off because of what we saw, like, in the Bama game, which is, like, the Bama game was, like, everyone, like, didn't like what they saw. Like, even though they won the game, it's, like, he, this guy's an NFL quarterback. Like, he didn't win them that game. So, I think it's interesting, but I'm, 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 I'm there on JJ, just not overly bullish. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I think the offense would definitely take a step forward, and I think he's better than Desmond Ritter for sure, but I also don't see much of a ceiling, uh, really. Like, I think that that would be a playoff team probably not a Super Bowl team. I really do think with Justin Fields, they have Super Bowl potential, especially if Justin Fields can work on his passing game a little bit. So let's go ahead and move on from this topic. We're going to lock in Justin Fields to Atlanta. We want it to happen, so we're going to make it happen. Uh, <laughs> so we'll talk about the combine. There's a few interview stuff. We talked about a few yesterday on the show, but there's always something going on at the combine. So yesterday we have a few big quotes from some from some important people around the NFL. We'll start with Colts general manager Chris Ballard. He said two things. One, he said that they're not going to rush Anthony Richardson back from injury. He said that he's learned his lessons from Andrew Luck and really doesn't want to go through that again, uh, which I think is fair. I don't think that that means anything about Anthony Richardson not playing week one. I think it just means that, you know, we might not see him at trading camp, maybe not in the preseason, but I do still think a rich will be good for the regular season. And I do think it's good news that they're not rushing him back from injury, especially since he got injured, got injured and then got injured and then got injured again. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, but do you have any positive thoughts about not rushing and Anthony Richardson back or even some negative thoughts? Yeah, no, obviously it's a good thing for Anthony Richardson. It's a good thing, I think, if you're in a fantasy owner in general of Anthony Richardson. I think I think you kind of hit the nail on the head where it's this isn't like, oh, we're gonna hold him out to the middle of the season kind of yeah. thing. Like I think it just means like he probably won't be in like mini camp bro TAs and like yeah. even if training camp, like we're not gonna make sure like training camp is in the deadline where we need to have him back or anything. Like they this is their they spent what the third fourth overall pick on this guy. Yeah. And so he's their franchise quarterback. He flashed enough last year to prove that he at least has a good good chance at being their franchise quarterback. So they they don't want to they don't want to give him the Andrew Luck treatment. A little they, I think they I think they might they they got to think old line there in Indianapolis. Old line play wasn't the best last year, maybe get a tackle or something. I think that's yeah. what I would do, try and build around uh um Anthony Richardson and then Michael Pittman the next topic. Yep. I mean, you're fine if if Michael Pittman's back next year, you feels like you have adequate weapons, so yeah, definitely. And as you hinted at, that is his other quote. Chris Ballard then also came out and said that Michael Pittman will be a Colt in 2024. They're exploring long-term contract options while the franchise tag is also still on the table. Personally, I do think it'll probably start with the franchise tag since Michael Pittman said he would accept it. And that gives the Colts a bit more wiggle room. Say they give Michael Pittman this massive one-year contract. Then that also kind of lets them give Anthony Richardson a, a, another trial period next season just to really see if he's the franchise quarterback and to really see if Michael Pittman is the franchise wide receiver for Anthony Richardson. Uh, so, so that's kind of where my head's at. I think no matter what, he's going to be a Colt. And I do think that people listening, I do think you should capitalize on the Michael Pittman and Anthony Richardson value while you can. Uh, do you have any thoughts? 
Yeah, Michael Pittman will we, he will be a Colt in twenty twenty four, and I think it, like the the franchise tag like that because that's a, it's a um an average of the top five salaries in the NFL. If I'm, I think I'm correct on that, right? So like I'll, Michael Pittman's a great receiver. He's not a top five receiver in the NFL, so he even he'd probably be getting overpaid a little bit for <laughs> the franchise tag because he's like I think it's I think it's at like twenty one or twenty two million something a year. So like if he could get that for one year and then get like maybe a, an extension that's like. Maybe he feels like maybe like I guess with the salary cap increase, maybe it's a little more now, but like fifteen mm-hmm. like to sixteen to seventeen million. That kind of feels like the kind of receiver that he is. I don't know if I'd be I don't I don't think I'd give him top five receiver money, even when the next wide receiver contract is is supposed to like reset the market. But Michael Pittman's not a reset the market kind of receiver. He's a really good receiver, could be a quality one on a good team, but he's not He's not Jefferson, Hill, Chase, none of those guys. So Yeah, I, I am definitely with you there. I, but he will be a Colt next year, and he's still going to score a crap ton of fantasy points. Yes. The next person I want to talk about is Falcons head coach Raheem Morris. We already mentioned the quote about them wanting to get a quarterback that fits Atlanta. But we also had a fun tidbit just about the person he is, and apparently he watches Die Hard before bed every night. Just thought it would be fun to mention. that That's how much of a dog this guy is. He's just watching Die Hard every night. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, Raheem Morris. He's 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 just like it's such a a, a culture shift from what yeah. it feels like it was with Arthur Smith. Like Arthur Smith's like interviews. Like I I've watched probably every single interview he's ever gave in Atlanta. Like if you just go on the Atlanta YouTube page and it's just monotone, like whatever. He makes some jokes every now and then, but like I don't know. Raheem Morris just like it feels like the the culture is just it's not to say that it's it's bad and good. Well, I guess I will get into the the interview stuff. Or the the NFL survey stuff a little later, but um, yeah, just I, I I love the the culture in Atlanta right now with Raheem Morris. You, you see all these guys talk about him, uh, Jalen Ramsey coming out, Mike Tomlin coming out, McVeigh, Les Snead, Rams GM, like everybody yep. loves Raheem Morris. So yeah, it's gonna be awesome. I, I'm very excited for next season with the Falcons, and I just love that extra tidbit about the type of person he is. So then the last kind of important interview highlight I was able to find, I'm sure there's a ton out there, lots of interviews go on uh, at the Combine, but Chris Greer, the Dolphins general manager, came out. Somebody asked him, do you ever think about trading Jalen Waddell? He's just essentially, no, I I never think about trading Jalen Waddell. He will be a Dolphin for a very long time. Just wanted to mention that because I think Jalen Waddell is definitely one of those players that is a bit controversial in Dynasty Leagues. He's still, of course, the wide receiver two behind Tyreek Hill. But as we all know, one day that's going to change. And Jalen Waddell is still scoring fantasy points with Tyreek Hill on the field. He's probably a value right now. And if any of you were worried about his future prospects on his team, he's probably going to be on the Dolphins. And he's probably going to be attached to Mike McDaniel the rest of his career. And then whatever quarterback, probably still Tua. Uh, but it, it's only going to get better from here. Uh, any thoughts on Jalen Waddell? I have a question for you. Okay. Who would you rather have for 2024 fantasy, Jalen Waddell or T. Higgins? Jalen Waddell. Jalen Waddell? It's fair. Yeah, no, it's, it's just like, it feels like he kind of had like an injury. So like, it feels like every game, every Dolphin game he turned on last year, he just got like hurt. Like, it wasn't even like a, like a, a yeah. crazy injury. It'd be like one thing that like knocked him out of a, for a quarter or like maybe knocked him out for like the game and then he'd be back the next week. It's just like a lot of bad injury luck with Jalen Waddle. And he's been sure. pretty healthy most of like his NFL career. So I don't think that's something to really look into. Just one of those seasons where maybe it just didn't go your way. But yeah, I think I go with Jalen Waddle as well. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's, I think that he's awesome. Um, so we'll move on. That's kind of all the, the combine interviews. We, there was another thing that came out of the combine, but not necessarily from an interview. Zach Wilson has been given permission by the New York jets to seek a trade non-story. What do you think? It's a, it's a, it's a non-story, but a, a potential like 
funny meme. I, I forget. I think somebody at Player Profile tweeted. I can't remember who it was. It might have been Matty Kiwum. I don't quote me on that, but I think he said, uh, "I didn't." Are they allowed to trade with the CFL? Exactly. <laughs> I don't remember if it was him or not. I can't exactly remember, but it was a funny tweet. Like, who's trading for Zach Wilson? Like, it's some team will will we'll do it because he's a second overall pick, and like yeah. the Jets are a they're. A, a poverty organization as of right like as of this moment right now they haven't done anything in 15 years so i think someone will do it um but like it it has to be the perfect situation like like could the chiefs just you know like get up who's their backup right now isn't it like is it still not chad henny retired who's the who's it's, the it's blank gabber right i think gabber that's right like i think who would you rather have blank gabber or zach wilson i feel like zach wilson like at least he's played in games you yeah, know? No, Zach and he Wilson actually played really well against the Chiefs on uh, that Sunday night or Monday night. Beat game. the Chiefs, Beat the exactly, Chiefs. exactly. So well, and and when Zach Wilson was coming out, everyone was calling him the next Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. And who's the next guy getting called the next Patrick Mahomes? So hopefully he is uh, Caleb today. Williams. Exactly. So, um, yeah, it's 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 a fun story. To, it's a fun thing to talk about, but I don't think it's like I'm not I'm not rushing to go trade for Zach Wilson if he gets traded. You know, like it's here's know. a question. Yeah. Who do you think on the trade market gets more, Zach Wilson or Mac Jones? Both of these quarterbacks, given the ability to seek a trade, who's going to get more? Oh, Mac Jones for sure. So? It's he he he's been like he has been in a, a playoff game. His rookie yeah. year, he was in a playoff game. So at least he, he, you've seen that he can be like somewhat competent. Like he's been the starter for a whole season. Zach Wilson, outside of it, the first couple of years, he had his shots. Only reason, like he was, he wasn't the starter for the whole last season. That's for sure. I mean, he probably should have got benched a lot earlier than that. Uh, totally off topic, but I still never understand why the Jets didn't bring in Joe Flacco. They had him in the year before. I, I'll never understand why they did not bring in Joe. Or just Flacco. Mike White, even just I don't. Or just I, yeah, like, go trade for Mike White. Go get him back. Yeah, it was really really strange Jets yeah. management over there. Before we move on, just real quick, Anthony asks, and we got him. We got him. It's on the topic: Zach Wilson or Trey Lance. Trey Lance. Me too. 100%. For fantasy especially, but even in real NFL, like Trey Lance still hasn't gotten like his shy. Like he's still semi like he like when he get hurt in week two last year, beats or beats the Bears beat the Niners and he gets hurt in week two. And he's like he still really hasn't like had a stretch of five games where they're like, hey, like you're our guy for like at least like this first half of the season. Like, I don't yeah. know, maybe maybe give the give the boy a shot, but he's stuck on Dallas. Like maybe Trey Lance is the next Geno Smith. Hmm? Maybe. maybe I don't. Maybe. I really do like the Dallas landing spot for Trey Lance. I've said it a few times. It, it just feels right. I I, yeah. I have no other way to describe it other than it feels right in my gut. But yeah. we'll move on to the next big story, and that is Marcus Valdez Scantling. He has been released by the Chiefs, somehow freeing up twelve million dollars. We talked about this a little bit on the show last night. Uh, we'll talk about this later in this episode as well. But Tyler has a a show or his own YouTube channel where he's doing best ball drafts every single night. And last night we talked a bit about Marcus Valdez Scantling, uh, and we believe that the Chiefs will be drafting a speedy wide receiver with their first round pick to kind of replace this field stretching, take the top off the defense uh, player. Uh, so I, I don't know why I just said what you're going to say, but go ahead and say something. <laughs> Let's just talk it like MVS. Like we talked about it last night, twelve million. Like I didn't realize he made because his contract was thirty million dollars over three years, ten a year. I'm guessing he got some money pushed back, but like they saved twelve million dollars to cut MVS. I think you could, if they would have, if they like could have saved three million dollars to cut MVS, they probably would have done it too. So like, just that's, I mean, that's a no-brainer when you look at it. Like someone that, like you, you kind of see all the, like these cut candidate shows, and I didn't see anything about MVS. So I feel like 
I, I wish I would have saw like we like, had it here. We had it here on Wednesday. There we go. There we go. I was just seeing all the articles in the in the ESPN graphics, but player profile is really the best place to get your cut candidate news. So uh, easy decision for the Chiefs. Um, Yeah, I feel and I expect like the whole uh, Legereus Sneed thing too. Like if he's not back and they don't have to pay, like I know they they're saying he might they might franchise him, but then he might get trade like a tag and tag and trade type of situation. But if he's not on the books in 2024 for the Chiefs, like. They can. I mean, it sounds like they're gonna get Chris Jones. He said it at the at the at the parade, the parade speech. But like, if they don't have to pay anyone other than really Chris Jones and Sneed, are their two big guys they have to pay. So if they can get away with just uh, paying Jones, and then maybe they sign a receiver. Obviously, the the market seems to be dwindling by the minute. But I don't think Mike Evans is a lock to be a Tampa Bay Buck next year. Maybe you go get Mike Evans. Maybe you go get uh, somebody like I. I. This is one place I've mocked or I've said he needs to go. Tyler Boyd needs to go to the Chiefs. Tyler Boyd feels like a Chief, and it's going to happen. I've said it on my show. I'm going to say it on this show. Tyler Boyd will be a Kansas City Chief in 2024. I don't hate it. I mean, they've now failed with any slot receiver they've tried to use with Kadarius Toney, Sky Moore, Richie James. Tyler Boyd would be pretty solid. Harry Snowman says it's going to be Mike Evans. I am very curious to see who fills this void. I really do think, though, it's going to be like Xavier Worthy or one of these speedy rookies that, that comes in to, to, to help this Chiefs team. We'll move on to another draft story, and this is the Patriots. The uh, NFL Network has reported that the quarterback that the Patriots, and specifically uh, Bill Belichick, was interested in was Jaden Daniels. It was reported that Bill Belichick had Jaden Daniels at the top of his draft board. And so the question becomes, do you think the new regime is also as in on Jaden Daniels as Bill Belichick was? I mean, all those guys are just Belichick disciples, right? Right. So like it feels like they should all kind of be in lockstep. I, yeah. I also Bill Belichick, not the greatest uh GM draft per like it's just, yeah. they didn't win any Super Bowls. Like if you were just the GM, you probably would have been there for two years and they fired. But um if he wasn't wasn't like the greatest coach of all time. Um <laughs> but I saw reports that it come across uh, my Twitterverse this morning that uh the the Patriots are most likely to take a quarterback at three. So, like, I think so. You, I, and like, what what are your thoughts on the quarterback at three? Because you can make that argument. There's a lot of people saying they don't want a quarterback to go to, or they don't think a quarterback should go to the Patriots at three because the infrastructure is so bad. You're pretty much just like putting your your franchise guy in a terrible situation could kill his confidence, kind of like a Zach Wilson situation or mm-hmm. a um, I don't know, like a, a Justin Fields situation. Just like terrible situation, terrible for the quarterback to develop. What are your thoughts on the Patriots going quarterback at three? I mean, I think it's ultimately just that the decision that they should make. I know that there's a lot of people marking Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, to go there as well. I really hope that doesn't happen because I think that's even more of the same story, killing the confidence of an elite wide receiver with no quarterback. At least if you get that quarterback in and the expectations are low, I think it'll be okay. And I think with Jaden Daniels, a really electric playmaker, he doesn't need all the best weapons in the world. And to be honest, Demario Douglas is a fine wide receiver. Tyquan Thornton is extremely fast, and a guy that can actually push the ball downfield might be able to unlock a Tyquan Thornton-type player. Uh, So then the question really just becomes, what other pass catchers can they bring in? Can they help this offensive line? And then tight end. Is Hunter Henry scheduled to be a free agent? And I think Mike Jasicki is as well. I think that was just a one-year contract. But either way, I think it would be fine. I really do. And I think that Jada Daniels would be the right quarterback there. Um, I wouldn't want to see a J.J. McCarthy or a Drake May. I would want one of these guys that can put the team on his back. I'll say, and the Patriots have 78 million to spend in free agency this year. 
That's yeah. a, that's the third most in the league behind. I mean, it's pretty much the most in the league because Titans seventy eight, Bears seventy eight, Patriots seventy eight. So they got yeah. pretty much the most money in the league to spend on free agency. And it'll be interesting to see what. Uh, and they don't necessarily have a GM. That's the thing. No. They didn't hire a GM. It's just it's the what's the guy's name Van. No, Van Pelt's the OC. I forget who the the guy who's like making the draft decisions. I forget his name, but he's not even like their GM because Belichick was their GM. So they have just this guy who has never really been the decision maker in New England. All this money, the third pick, like this could either go terribly right or terribly wrong. Who knows? Yeah, it's gonna be fun. The quote from Gerard Mayo is, "We're gonna draft a player at an important position." I got you. You could spin that as everything. If you ask Arthur Smith that question, it's it's tight end yes. or running back. You know, so <laughs> so we'll move on. Speaking of Arthur Smith, to the final news topic of this morning, the NFL Players Association survey has come out. They rate like workout facilities, their food. I mean, really anything that has to do with a team. And the topic we're going to talk about is the head coaching grades. Only three head coaches last season were given a grade less than a B minus. So that basically speaks that, you know, the players liked a lot of the coaches last year, but three coaches were disliked by the players in the player association. Arthur Smith got a C plus rating. Ron Rivera got a C rating and Josh McDaniels got a D, which I mean, you might as well give them an F. Uh, Terrible coaches makes a lot of sense. Do you think any of these coaches we see again as a head coach? Ron, I think the only one that has a chance is Arthur Smith. Funny enough, because McDaniel's so it's never it's never worked out for him. He's he's had a couple options. He was in Denver for a year, right? Remember that thing where he's going to go to Indy. Apparently, he was going to sign a contract, and then like, now nah, I'm just going to go back to New England. Whatever did not work out in Las Vegas, though. He's he's done as a as a coach. There's no way anyone's going to hire him again. Ron Rivera, he's gotten two chances as well. Carolina, Washington, feels like he's kind of done too. I don't think anyone's going to hire him. Arthur Smith is the only one where, like, if the Steelers are in, like, the AFC Championship game and they go to, like, the Super Bowl or something, I think Arthur Smith gets some looks. Or just, like, their offense looks like like it's, like, a top five offense in the league. I think he gets some looks again. Um, but, yeah, Arthur Smith feels like the only one. I'm curious. I didn't really – I should have looked it up for the show because I'm actually I – just, I, I just thought of it now. Where did, where did Mike Vrabel rank on this list? Because I'm just trying to think of coaches who got fired. That Because, yeah. like, all these coaches got fired at the bottom of the list. But, like, who – what other coaches got fired is what I'm trying. Let me see if I can look it up real quick. Yeah, I'm going to look that up too. Uh, NFLPA coach grades. That's a good question. I only saw the ones that, uh, you know, did poorly. Let's see. The Here we go. I found it. Nice. Mike Rabel was 22. Yep. So I'm trying to think of the other ones that got fired. Um, Brian, Dable, Brian Dable ranked 15th. I think that's kind of a shocking, a surprise one. He's like top half of, of coaches for how bad that team was. Yeah. Pete Carroll was nine. He got fired. Yeah. That, well, kind of. Yeah. I, I think he got fired. Did it sound like he uh, wanted to be back? And they're like, nah, you're good, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> Brandon Staley, 20. I'm surprised Brandon Staley was in that bottom three, actually, now that we're yeah. talking about it. So, yeah. Kevin Stefanski, 27, bottom of the league. That honestly doesn't surprise me. I'm still mad he got head coach of the year. I, I really think that should have been D'Amico Ryans. I, I really feel like he got snubbed. <laughs> head coach of the year got 27. That's dumb. Right. Like it, anyway, I, I still have no idea what Kevin Stefanski does in Cleveland. Jamie, maybe you can enlighten me, but I, I, I don't think he's doing too much out there. But we'll move on to what 
our big topic of the day was really. And then we're going to answer some of your guys' questions. Thank you all so much for tuning in and sticking around towards the end. As I kind of briefly mentioned in this show, Tyler has his own channel on YouTube. Go follow it. It's at PPR Tyler as it shows. And he's doing a lot of best ball drafts. And I had the privilege of joining him last night for a underdog best ball draft. Uh, and I just kind of wanted to talk about it a bit, maybe pick your brain, anything on some values in best ball right now that you could impart onto our audience. Yeah, big, big value in best ball. I'll just go over some of like my most ex- like players I'm excited about, players I've been drafting. Dave mm-hmm. Montgomery is going criminally low right now. He's kind of going like in that, like near like Ramondre, who like some people are excited about, but like not for the most part. But like there's, I think the big thing just to, if you're going to do a best ball draft kind of right now, like right before free agency, is you can get some huge values on especially the rookie running backs. I know it's we talked about it on the show last night, but the rookie running backs is 100% a tier you can exploit. The mm-hmm. I think Jonathan Brooks goes in round 11, but like the guys like Corum, uh, Trey Benson, Braylon wow. Allen, Audrey Gassime, Bucky Irving, all those guys going like the 12th, 13th, 14th round. It's ridiculous. And yeah. one of those guys could be the first running back off the board, second round draft capital, could be the head of a backfield. And you're getting an RB1 with high potential in like the the, the 12th round of your draft. Devin Achon is a purple example of this last year. Like he was getting drafted, I think, in like round 14 to 15 last year. And he absolutely explodes. So there's Mm -hmm. so much good value to be had, especially at the running back position. The top end receiver position, you're not really getting that much of a discount. But like those middle receivers like Franklin, like uh, um, – who added I Mitchell, like Xavier Worthy, you're getting a really good discount if you like any of those guys. So I, rookies, I think, is definitely the way to go. It's the way you're going to get the most value. But I think you kind of have to draft a couple of teams or just get really lucky on who you who you take because my philosophy is kind of you want to take all, most of all or not if not all these guys, but you you might get like you're not going to hit on every single one. It's just a matter of time. It's, just, it's not a matter of if someone's going to hit. It's just which one it's going to be. So I think yeah. you just got to draft a lot of them. So. Yeah, no, I'm with you 100%. I've only done a few, but those rookie values are very, very interesting, especially outside of that top tier of wide receiver. I mean, uh, Neighbors, Adunze, Malik, or, or Marvin Harrison, they're all going a bit too early, I think, or like right, like right around their ceiling. But as you mentioned, those middle guys, the 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 Worthies and Mitchells of the world, they're really good. But then even, I mean, there's a huge cliff, even like the Malachi Corleys, the Brendan Rices. I mean, all of those players are not even really getting drafted until the very, very end. You mentioned some running backs. I mean, Kamani Vidal, he literally was second in NCAA rushing last year. Cody Schrader was third. I mean, these people aren't even getting drafted, and they have tons of potential to be NFL backs next season. So go start doing your best ball drafts. I think the one right now is 10 bucks, but I'm sure they'll bring back some three, $5 ones as well. We love our friends over at Underdog. Great stuff going on there. And make sure you go check out PPR Tyler on YouTube. Check out the draft from last night. We both drafted. We both ended up with some really good drafts. I had a Jalen Hurts, AJ Brown, uh, DeAndre Swift, uh, Dallas Goddard squad. And uh, you had a chief squad. You got Rasheed Rice, Xavier Worthy, who I think will go there and Patrick Mahomes. So we both got some good teams last night. Very fun draft. Go check that out for sure. Um, But let's go ahead and move on to some questions. There's a lot of them in the chat today. We're popping off today. Thank you all so much for tuning in on a Thursday morning. We'll scroll all the way to the top, all the way to the top. And we have, is it time to cut bait on Bateman? Is a future third enough? Bateman, let's talk about a guy you can get criminally low in best ball drafts right now. I think he's like an 18th round pick. You can get Bateman like for free. And you hear the quote, uh, John Harbaugh, 
Bayman's going to be more involved next year, but I I feel like we've kind of ha- heard that a couple. I feel times like he said that before. last year. <laughs> he definitely said that last year. But if o- if Odell's gone, it's it's if they don't bring anyone else in, it's just Flowers, Bayman, and Mark Andrews. I can 100 percent see it. I mean, there's just some people who will never quit Bayman. I don't think you can cut Bay. I don't think a future. Maybe if it's like a 301, I would consider just because this class is. You could probably get Bayman value at the 301 in rookie drafts this year. Because the receiver class is so deep, you could probably get a good receiver at the three hundred one, or just like a, a like kind of a mid tier running back. But I don't know, man. If you can get like the three hundred one, yes. If it's just a random like mid to late third, I would I would stay with Bateman for one more year. It's not like his value is going to go down any lower than it is. So you might as well just maybe he. I think next year is the last year of his contract. I can't imagine they're going to pick up the option on him. So maybe he goes to free agency. Maybe ends up on a different team. I would I would stay with him for at least one more. One more season, see what happens next offseason. Yeah, if I'm cutting bait on Bateman, which I don't necessarily think is a bad move, I want a pick this year. So if it's a third this year, I might even say a fourth this year is fine, but I'm not trying to wait for a 2025 pick. I, I think that the op, the potential for Bateman is still technically there. I do think the Ravens, if they let Odell go, will probably still add another wide receiver. I don't think they want to go out there with just Bateman and Flowers and Mandrews, who keeps getting injured. So that that's kind of my only concern. And I feel like we would have seen something from Bateman last year, especially in like the weeks Odell was hurt and Zay Flowers missed a game and we still saw nothing from him. So I think if you can get a pick this year, do it. But if not, just hold on to him and see what happens. Let's see. We'll move on to the next question. Considering I saw Brendan Rice at the Senior Bowl, what's the difference between him and Roma Dunze? Brendan gives me, we have Roma Dunze at home vibes. I think that's probably the nail on the head. I do think Brendan Rice has a ton of ceiling. I really, really do. Uh, And he's being valued way, way, way less than Roma Dunze. So I really do think that Brendan Rice will be someone that's a value in our fantasy drafts. One thing I saw from him at the Senior Bowl was he's probably one of the better route runners there. Uh, He was consistently winning in all quadrants. And he's only like 6'1", 210 pounds or something like that. But he looked taller. He looked faster. He looked stronger. Like the way he plays is really, really impressive. I know he only had like 700 yards last year at USC, but he still scored like 12 touchdowns. He was getting it done. He was getting it done at the Senior Bowl. I actually put him on my all-Senior Bowl team ahead of Lad McConkey. I really do think he's someone that's going to be impressive. And I mean, his dad being Jerry is going to help his draft capital. Uh, It really, really will. I don't think he'll ever be a Jerry Rice or even anything close. The player I've been saying, I know it's a hot take, is T. Higgins. I think that that's his ceiling uh, for sure. Uh, Do you have any thoughts on Brendan Rice or even Roma Dunze? Yeah, uh, Brendan Rice, a guy I definitely loved. Kind of feels like a Mike Evans. Like Not like, obviously, I'm not going to say it's a Mike Evans player comp, but like the build comp, like the body frame comp. Kind of feels like Mike Evans, taller, a little bit more skinny, but physical, physical wide receiver. Uh, obviously, you mentioned the name value. You know Jerry Rice is going to be going into John Lynch's office. Hey, man, draft my son. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we need him on the Niners. And, like, they, they got room to take, like, because, uh, what, Brandon Rice probably projected maybe maybe late Four. day two or early day one, like day three. So, yeah. um, I think that feels like a, a, a shot that the Niners could take uh, on – on Brendan Rice, but yeah, I, I I like him as a prospect. Definitely a guy I've been drafting in, in uh, late best ball streets. So maybe he'll go to the Chiefs and they'll have both the Rices. It's whoever goes to the Chiefs is gonna just gonna pop off. <laughs> it's Chuka asks, what would you try to trade Ramondre for? Uh, picks which vet? I might just hold Ramondre if I'm gonna be honest with you. I feel like his value is a little strange. But what do you think? 
it is a little strange for sure. I think if you can sell Ramondre like from last year, 2022, if you could sell that version of Ramondre, and you if you can get anything, I think like a like a late. If you could, I don't think you like this is not fair value, but if you could somehow like finesse your other managers in your league and get like a late first for Ramondre, hundred percent do that. Um, but otherwise, I think fair value for him right now would be somewhere around uh, like a early, like a mid second, if super flex, like a mid second, mm-hmm. I would say, because um, you could still get a lot of really good players in the, as, from a mid second perspective in a rookie draft. But Ramondre feels like his best fantasy years are probably behind him. I think last year and this and uh, last year and the year before were kind of like going to be his best years, especially the way the offense is projected to be now in New England. Maybe maybe they got the money. Maybe the the Texans from from last year kind of a similar situation terrible team picking high in the draft but it just maybe they're just a quarterback away to really turn that thing around but who knows yeah. i'm not really sold on, on ramondre though yeah i mean i think that's why i want to hold him is just to see what quarterback they bring in because we know it's going to happen and then that's just going to inflate everyone's value and then you could probably get an early second late first for him i mean we've seen tons of fantasy production from him so i just feel like it's a lull period in his market i wouldn't really be looking to sell unless you can kind of stay within his range, maybe move him for like a Saquon or um, maybe maybe tear down and get like a Najee Harris plus uh, type deal. But I, I, I uh, don't want to go too far away from Ramondre, to be honest. A best ball question for you. Why is Roshan Johnson going ahead of Khalil Herbert if Khalil Herbert's projected to be the starter? I think I think Roshan – people like the frame more of Roshan. Roshan has like three down back written all over him. Khalil Herbert doesn't necessarily have that pass-catching profile that Roshan has had in the past, like in college and maybe a little bit in the league. And you saw the GM speaking out about Roshan and say that he loves Roshan, but, I mean, he didn't really say anything other than outside that. So I think Roshan, he's just like he's, – he's newer, he's younger. I just feel like people – we didn't get to see him as much as we would have liked to last year. And we've seen Khalil Herbert. He's a known commodity. So I think that kind of makes like Khalil, the only thing about Khalil Herbert is like he's going in the middle of that rookie running back range. Like he's going right around Horn, Benson, Braylon Allen, Andre Gassman. So it's kind of hard to take take Khalil. It's like hard to click Khalil Herbert when you have all the other shiny new toys that are right around him in the best ball ADP. So I think that's, that's definitely a reason why he's going below Roshan. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think I'm with you there. I, I think that Roshan will be the lead back by the end of the year, though. I think that we were a bit too early here at Player Profile on Roshan, but I do think stars are aligning for him to be the lead back. Where does the value cliff fall in this rookie draft? B-Ball thinks it might be the mid-third round. I honestly don't know if there is much of a value cliff, to be honest. If there is one, it might be like 105, maybe, like after Neighbors, Adunze, the three quarterbacks, so I guess 106. And then I think every, I really like this is a very deep rookie draft class to me. I really think there's going to be value all the way through the fifth round even. Uh, so I, I really I'm getting any rookie pick I can this year. 100%. Yeah, you take like this is the probably the best year ever to have a third round pick. You have to make the argument that last year was the best year ever. But like you didn't know it at the time, like Tank, Dallin, Puka, Nakua guys who were consistently going in the third round turn out to be great picks. But this year it feels like you want to have third round picks to, to exploit like like a guy like Javon Baker who might go in like depending on the draft capital, but he's been mocked kind of in the third round or like Brendan Wright's kind of like a, a third round pick. So there's a lot of lot of guys that people mm-hmm. seem to just like have huge stances on who are going in the third round and look in uh rookie draft. So definitely, sure. definitely go get those third, even fourth round picks. Definitely. So that seems to do it for all the questions. Thank you all for asking. Thank you all for sticking around. Tyler. Thank you for joining me. This was a fantastic episode. Love to have you on again. 
And thanks again for having me on your show last night. Everyone go check that out at PPR Tyler on YouTube and on Twitter. You can go follow him. And where else can the people find you and your work? Um, I'm writing some stuff for a player profile on the article section. So make sure you go check that stuff out. Um, and yeah, streaming tonight, 5 p.m. Uh, Central Time, 6 p.m. Eastern. We're going to do another draft. Come hop in. Come At least come watch. Well, I'm really active in the comments because we, we don't get as much viewers on uh, on our channel as we do on this uh, esteemed <laughs> program. So people are comparing Wake and Take to uh, another another name with Take in in the in the in the show title, but that's that's just what I've been hearing on the in the Minneapolis streets recently. But yeah, 5 p.m. We're drafting tonight. Come hang out. Go subscribe. And Jason, thank you so much for having me. This is a blast. Yeah, and for those of you who don't know, Tyler is also my assistant on Twitter. So if it's not a post from me, it's a post from him. And if you see any of those funny memes, those gifts, and anything you like, that is Tyler. He's always messaging me like, oh, you know, like, I've got a meme. Can I post it? I'm like, go for it, man. People love it. So if you're seeing the funny stuff, that's our guy right here. He's kicking ass on our social media. Really appreciate his help. Really appreciate you joining me. And audience, really appreciate you joining us. Make sure before you head out to hit that like button and do not forget to subscribe to Player Profiler. We appreciate all your support. You all have a terrific Thursday and a wonderful rest of your week. Peace.